Hello, Peter Squire here, Winnipeg Regional Real Estate Board's Vice President of External Relations and Market Intelligence. I'm your host of The Voice, a podcast dedicated to interviewing government leaders, industry stakeholders, and experts on topics important to realtors. The Voice will dig deep into current issues, taxes and development trends, and discuss removing impediments to enabling our market region to grow and prosper. It will also talk about how real estate is a key contributor to our economy and an integral source of building individual wealth and savings. Our first podcast focuses on property taxes, a key topic realtors have advocated on for years to make them less onerous on property owners. Did you know that education taxes made up 53.6% of Winnipeg's total property taxes collected in 2020? In this year's provincial budget, the government moved to remove 50% of education taxes off of residential and farm properties by 2022. Other property types like commercial and recreation are being reduced too, but at a 10% annual rate. Join me as we speak with the City of Winnipeg's Finance Chair, Scott Gillingham, to explore what can be done to keep a lid on municipal property taxes. Councillor Gillingham represents the St. James Ward. Well, there's Peter. Hi, Peter. So thanks again, Scott. So I know you're a busy guy. So really the first question, and I'll just give the background, was really, a, and, I, and that's what I really want to hone in on. So really the first question, uh, you know, and I'll just, I'll start and ask it now. Of direct interest to our members uh, is the fiscal discipline you have shown in keeping the municipal property tax increases to 2.33% annually with all of that additional revenue going to road renewal and the Southwest Rapid Transit Corridor. What does a multi-year budget mean to property owners and investors now, now and then in, and in Winnipeg's future, now that you're doing long-term planning? Moving, moving to a multi-year balanced budget uh, provides certainty and predictability. It provides certainty and predictability, certainly for taxpayers, for property owners, uh, for city Winnipeg departments, and also it provides the, the predictability and certainty for senior levels of government who are very often uh, partners in funding uh, City of Winnipeg services. And so it, the, the, the transition to a multi-year balanced budget took a lot of effort. Uh, rather than balance one year at a time, which is required under provincial legislation, we made the decision to move to balancing four years at a time. So. Uh, In 2020, we adopted a budget that had a balanced operating budget for years 20, 21, 22, and 23. And um, we we, we made the move for several reasons, you know, primarily what what I just spoke about. It provides a longer term certainty and predictability for uh, for the citizens of Winnipeg, especially those who who own properties, whether it be residential, commercial, industrial properties. We also made the move because it's considered it's considered best practice. The Government Financial Officers Association deems multi-year balance budgeting uh, best practice um, for for ultimately for the reasons that that, that I indicated. Um, no sooner had we adopted our, our our multi-year balance budget in March of 2020, and the pandemic hit. And that really kind of tipped the apple cart upside down. Um, it really put our new multi-year balance budget to the test. 
But what we found is that it was, it was really timely on our part, perhaps a bit fortuitous, that we had done the hard work of eliminating deficits, projected deficits in future years, and balancing the budget. Because with the pandemic, uh, many city revenues uh, really took a hit, not unlike a lot of businesses. Um, our, um, our transit department, of course, the revenues fell right off in 2020 because people weren't riding the bus anymore because people were working from home. Uh, university students were not going to campuses like uh, uh, University of Winnipeg, University of Manitoba, Red River College. They were doing their courses online at home. So the transit revenues uh, really, really um, were, were reduced significantly. So that put our, our multi-year budget to the test. Because we had balanced multiple years, we didn't have to close as much of a gap uh, to, to, to adopt the 2021 budget update that you just referenced a moment ago. So it was, it was very good that we have gone to this multi-year balanced budget. Ultimately, though, what it means for people that are looking to purchase a house or people that have, have bought a house or a townhouse or a condominium is it means there's certainty. People that own properties now know what the property tax increases will be uh, for the next uh, few years, in fact, until 2023. Thank you. Um, yeah, to follow up on that, I know in the 2021 budget, the most recent one that you, again, successfully uh, got through and, and kept your fiscal discipline with the uh, committed 2.33% uh, property tax increase and the dedication to road renewal and, and bus rapid transit. Um, there were a few things in there that uh, related directly to, to property, uh, especially with the planning department that would in your view, I believe would, would help uh, improve the, the, the property tax base through what, you, what measures you took. Right, and so in, in the 2021 budget update, you're right, we intentionally made investments in, in three specific areas that, that will assist uh, property development uh, and property owners in, in the city of Winnipeg. Um, the, the, the three of them are, first of all, we have, we have given property owners and business owners an extra three months to pay their property and business taxes without penalty. Uh, again, because of the pandemic, many business owners and some property owners have seen their household incomes or their business incomes drop off and they're hurting. And so we're trying to help out. And so by offering a bit of relief as far as the timing and the deadline for which property and business taxes are paid. Um, that's, that's one of the ways the city is trying to assist uh, those that have been affected by the pandemic. And so uh, uh, business owners, property owners have an extra three months in 2021 to pay their taxes without penalty. Um, the second thing is the, the investment we made in the 2021 budget is we added more staff to the planning and uh, property and development department. Um, it's, it's no secret, I think, that this pand in the pandemic, there's been, I'll say, winners and losers. There's some, been some businesses that have really struggled. But there's been other sectors in our economy that have seen just significant increases. And one of them is in permits. I know that in, in 2021, the, you know, people pulling permits to do renovations on their homes, uh, uh, you know, some new building permits, some of those things have really, really seen uh, a lot of activity. We, so we're making the investment 
in our budget, in the planning property development department to expedite those permit processes. We, we don't want permits lagging. We don't want it to take a long time if someone wants to renovate their house, uh, you know, and is doing an expansion in, on their kitchen or something to, to that effect. We don't want this to get, you know, the, that process to get tied up in, 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 the, in a long permit process. So we've added staff to, uh, to our planning and property development department to, to, uh, to expedite that. I should say that some of the staff too is, is going towards new technology that's being used in our planning department, which is really gonna help, I think the real estate uh, industry when it comes to inspections. It used to be that an inspector, you know, city inspector had to physically come to, to the property to check out the new wiring, let's say, that has been upgraded in, in right. the home. Um, now that can be done online through through technology with uh, you know something akin to an iPad, and right. it can be a video inspection. So that's been a you know uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Right. And in, uh, in this in this pandemic, it's necessitated some innovation. So that's that's been good and that's staying. And the third thing that we've invested in uh, through the budget is we are reestablishing the economic development office, uh, uh, putting in place an economic development officer with a direct report to the chief administrative officer of the city. What that means now is that those um, developers that want to invest in the city of Winnipeg, whether it's a large development or a small development, you know, rather than them having to kind of, um, in essence, uh, run around to talk to all the different departments, there's going to be a single window, one point of contact, the economic development officer who will work with potential investors that want to build, want to develop in Winnipeg, uh, will work also with economic development in Winnipeg and be a liaison for them. And one point of contact to, to provide that almost concierge service to the development committee that wants to grow our city. So that's, that's very important for us as a city to create that environment that attracts uh, economic growth and, and development. So those are three specific areas in our 21 budget that, uh, that, that we are, you know, I think uh, having a positive impact uh, making investments for uh, the real estate uh, both development community and also for those that own property in the city of Winnipeg right now. Thank you, Scott. Maybe I'll just ask one last, just on that, um on the infrastructure, it might be a chance for you to, I know you started out mentioning uh, how the multi-year budget helped you with higher levels of government, maybe just a final point on how that infrastructure planning, uh, you know, I've heard of, um, uh, oh, is okay. it ICIP, uh, ICIP, yeah. but yeah. how I've heard that from even talking to Dennis Volkoff at AMM, how these smaller municipalities, like in our capital region, are, are, you know, looking to federal government to help them. I know Winnipeg, it's more transit than just, you know, the, the North End sewage treatment plant. Yes. But well, one of the, one of the uh, advantages of, of a multi-year budget and multi-year capital budget, where right now we adopt in the capital side for our infrastructure investment, we, had, we adopt one year, but then we project out another five years. So we have a, at the city, we have a six year capital program one of the advantages of that is we know as a city where we need to invest to meet the needs of, of a growing city. We, we know where we need to put roads and, and pipes, you know, uh, for, for water sewer investment. That helps us in our conversations with, with our senior levels of government because 
uh, often the provincial and federal governments uh, need, we need them to come on as investment partners because the city just can't go it alone uh, on, on some of these costs. In addition to that, when, when some of these areas are opened up, let's say an employment lands area, it's the provincial and federal governments that benefit significantly from, from those investments. So our multi-year budget and our multi-year capital budget helps us in our conversations with the federal and provincial governments to, to look at partnering together, to investing together. And so there's cost sharing uh, and invest, you know, uh, investment sharing that, that happens. To, you know, a prime example right now, of course, is the North End Sewage Treatment Plant that, um, you know, it doesn't sound like a really exciting thing uh, to, to a lot of people, but it's, it's critical. Uh, it's a, all three phases are going to be about, in total, about $1.8 billion. Uh, and it's needed for two primary reasons. One, the city needs to build it to, uh, to meet our provincial licensing requirements, uh, environmental license requirements. Uh, and the second thing is that we, we need it for capacity just to continue to, you know, to, to grow our city. Right now we have limited wastewater capacity, so we need that investment. By, by the city planning that out over multiple years, it allows us to go to the federal and provincial governments and, 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 you know, and, 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 and bring them on board or ask them to come on board as, uh, as, as investors uh, in, in, that, in that infrastructure because we can't do it alone. So the city's made application to the federal government's Investing in Canada Infrastructure Program, ICIP for short, and we await the provincial and federal government's uh, response to that application. But, uh, but it's, it's really, really critical that uh, those senior levels of government partner with the city of Winnipeg, uh, approve uh, that, uh, that, that funding application so that we can build the North End plant, do the upgrade uh, to meet the needs of our growing city. I think you're right, Scott, on that last one where you actually mentioned the North End, you know, and you mentioned programs. I think that really hits home how, you know, it's a really good example of, of yeah. what that process can bring a successful outcome. If you're yeah. just kind of planning by the seat of your pants, right, you, you give a concrete example. I think that, and then maybe I hope I said it succinctly enough, but on the very first question, I think... What I tried to convey, which has really been proven out, is, you know, Peter, you and I have talked about the value of going to multi-year budgets, multi-year balance budgets. That's what's right. important, multi-year balance budget. And it was really put to the test by the pandemic. Interesting, because I had some counselors just after the multi-year budget was adopted, and then we hit the pandemic. They were kind of poo-pooing, going, oh, see, the multi-year budget is no good. I said, don't. Right. You, you, completely the opposite. It's precisely what we needed. It was completely on time to do it because had we, what I didn't get into, you know, on the call here, had we not every year, as you know, Peter, to adopt a right. balanced budget, which is required, we have to close a projected deficit gap so that our revenues match our expenses. Right. If we had not in 2020 closed yeah. and eliminated the 2021 deficit, then in the fall of 2020, like you talk about when those, you know, budget meetings, we, we would have had to eliminated a, a deficit of over $100 million. Wow. Yeah. Right. So because we eliminated that deficit and balanced 2021 in 2020, uh, we, 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 uh, we were able to deal with 
well, with the help of the federal government, able to right. deal with the deficit of 2021. The, the hill would have been the deficit hill would have been so incredibly hard to climb. Right. Uh, it would have been really difficult. So the timing of going to a multi-year balanced budget was uh, it, it couldn't have worked out. It couldn't have worked out better. Well, listen, thanks for the opportunity. Okay. I always appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate yes, you stepping you. up and uh, doing this for us. And, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll keep in touch, of course, on, on some of the things we've discussed. Thank you, Councillor Gillingham, for informing us on steps you are taking through the multi-year budget process and how we all need to do our part to help grow our tax base to be able to afford the delivery of essential municipal services to its citizens. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.